Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now here are your hosts, Eric Calvino, Ivan Ocampo, and Jim Rodriguez. Oh yes, indeed. The good times continue on the Cigar Snob Magazine Podcast. Video, audio for your viewing and listening pleasures with my guys, Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. I am merely Jim Rodriguez. What's going on, boys? Hello, Jim. What's happening, Jimmy? Everybody good? Very good. Everybody I... ha- has been enjoying their their time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoking a lot of cigars. Yes, because this is a very special yep. edition of the Cigar Snob Magazine podcast. If you haven't already noticed on Instagram, on Twitter, on the newsstands, in, uh, or on in the coffee tables of your favorite lounges, the top 25 for top for 2022 came out for Cigar Snob Magazine. That's right. We announced it on our website. On uh, January 4, 5, and 6, right? We do that whole three-part release, and it was it was awesome. I mean, we had so much feedback. A lot of people engaged with it, so it was really cool. Yeah, some good stuff, some surprises, some underdogs, some old favorites. So we invite you, of course, to check out the full list at CigarSnobMagazine.com. Yeah, or CigarSnob.com. Or CigarSnob. a little bit easier. Yeah, CigarSnob.com. Yeah. I always put in CigarSnobMagazine and it comes out. All three works, CigarSnob, CigarSnobMag, and CigarSnobMagazine. But if you're all into that brevity stuff, CigarSnob.com works. Yeah. Yeah, I have it right here. And so what did you, you, uh, Jimmy, so Ivan and I obviously were knee-deep in the whole thing. But before we go get into our proceedings, what did you think of uh, the number one? Have you had it? I have not had it, and I'm hoping cool. that Santa gets my letter early, and maybe I'll get it today because we're doing something a little different. We're going to kind of do like a little contest to see which one of us gets to smoke. They're all whatever we smoke today is on the top twenty-five list, yep. and. The number one is involved. So we're going to get into that and how we're going to smoke that. But first, Jasper, I saw him smoking something. Jasper, what you got? If you're like me and look forward to cozying up to a warm fireplace after a long day on the range, kicking off your boots and settling into a nice big bowl of chili con queso, then you'd love the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. This Dominican-made Nicaraguan puro is a bold new blend with tons of flavor made with the same craftsmanship that has made La Aurora Cigars one of the oldest and premium cigar makers in all the world. Started in the Dominican Republic in 1903, La Aurora Cigars was founded by the young Eduardo Leon Jimenez, who set out to fulfill his dream of making great cigars. Today, over a century later, La Aurora has a presence in five continents and more than a thousand employees. The original La Aurora 107 was released in 2010, commemorating the company's 107 years in business. Now the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua brings a bolder new profile to smokers who have become accustomed to smoking the consistent quality and excellence of La Aurora cigars. The 107 Nicaragua comes to life with a diverse array of spicy notes accompanied by a subtle touch of leather. A rich balance of earth, wood, and floral notes flourishes deeper into the smoke with a characteristic pinch of licorice and walnut on the finish. Made in four sizes, a 7x47 Churchill, 6x58 Grand Toro, 5.5x54 Toro, and a 5x50 Robusto. 
The La Aurora 107 Nicaragua is a perfect complement to any rum cocktail, steak dinner, or even my famous chili con queso. Go on out and get yourself one and tell them Jasper sent you. All right, Jasper. Always good. I, you know, I, I, I always mean to ask him what he's smoking when he's out there with Chente the horse, but you know, we'll, we'll figure it out one day. One of these days. We're, we're, we're actually getting days. along now. We're actually getting along I'm, now. I'm, I'm so happy, man, because it's, uh, it's been a, you know, it, it's been a trying time here when you, know, you and when you and Jasper don't get along. You know, it, 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 we, we, we buried the hatchet. We buried the bad cigars. So, so, good. so we're, so we're good. good. All right. So Glad to hear it. speaking of not bad cigars, the top 25 list, Cigar Snob. Dot com. You can get all 25 there. You can see hopefully one of yours is in there. One of your favorites are in there. And maybe you'll discover some new ones. So we have got all 25 sticks here. But we're going to do a – we figure we're going to do a little competition. Yep. The best way to smoke these, right, Ivan? Yeah. So I'll, I'll say we, we've been doing this. I don't know what episode we're on. This is – you can tell this is a special uh, edition of this podcast if none of us have a cigar in our hand. Right. I felt a little naked. I was like, where's the, where's the smoky treats? Where's the smoky treats? Yeah, this never happens. So this is going to be exciting. Yeah, so, so Jimmy, tell us tell us how we are. So the idea is we, we're each going to smoke a different cigar from the top 25 list. Mm-hmm. But we want to make sure that somebody gets the number one. Right, I vote for me, but we're gonna, well. but we're we're, <laughs> we're we're gonna do this. Being that was being that we're all tremendous athletes. Oh yeah, and and fierce competitors. We're gonna do rock paper scissors. That's right. That seems the best way to keep the playing field. Uh, you know, you're a you're a fabulous uh, soccer player. Sure, <laughs> you're a tremendous golfer. I'm a tremendous uh, arm wrestler. So we decided to mm-hmm. do this. You know, I'm the arm wrestling champion of the Northeastern Corridor. By oh, the way. no kidding. Yeah, if you're ever in New well. Hampshire, if you ever in New Hampshire, watch out. <laughs> Good story. Right. It sounds okay. like it's true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you're ready to do a little rock, paper, scissors here? Yep, let's and do it. And we're going to figure it out, you know? So, so we're- again, uh, if, you want to, if you're listening to this in the podcast in your car, you know, when you get back home later, you can, you can see this on YouTube. Yeah, and it's, listen, I'm not asking you to take your hands off the wheel, but, you know, maybe mentally you can play with us too, and then maybe you see, see if you would have won, all right? All right, but round one of rock, paper, scissors is going to really be odd man out. Right, we're going to do this right out of the gate, an elimination game. Yep. Yeah, because we got to get the wow. two, right? Because right now it's three of us. All right. So the ready? pressure's on. So we go, we, we go one, two, three, and then we reveal, right? One, two, three, right what, are the, then... what are the rules? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, knife. Where did I get to? What? All right. All right. That's the Cuban version. All right. Ready? All right. Like, I, right look, at look, look at Eric over there. He's already got the the, the, the the palm of the hand, the fist on top. Clearly a professional. Is there a league? <laughs> I think there is a league, by the way. All right. Here we go. Three. Two, what? One, two, three. I have a rock. No, <laughs> no, it's your <laughs> man. Out. Come on, you're, you're out. Jimmy. You're out. Why am I out? <laughs> you lose. Why? It's we, either one or two. Yeah, it's oh. odd man out on the first oh, round. Oh, well, see, I thought we were playing. You're man. out. <laughs> man, directions. You see how? Ready? They, you see, my wife says the same thing. Jesus. All right, Jimmy. so I'm out. All right, now yeah. you're out. So, so Eric and Ivan, ready? Here we go. Ready. Three, two. One. Oh, wait, let, let's, just, <laughs> let's do this right here. Go. Ready? One, two, three. So Ooh, we've got six, right scissors, scissors for Eric and paper for for Ivan. Oh, we go best out of three. So okay, so so we already uh, uh, Eric's already ahead. I've got the advantage. I'm in the A position. Go. So rock. Ooh, both went rock. Both went rock. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Paper. Both went paper. paper. We've you, known each other. Clearly, you guys long. hang out each, <laughs> with each other, right? You guys think you publish a magazine or something? 
Scissors hey. and paper. So there it I is. The number one. How did the boss number win? One. How did the boss? Do we see what happens? Nice. You see, you, you, you let the boss win, and everybody wins. Yeah, that's how we're looking. And here comes Yami with All a right. little. All right, yeah. so now let's explain dun, dun, dun. how you two guys, are, uh, the two losers, are going to get. No, I, I wouldn't call us losers. I would say we just didn't win. All right, let's see how you guys are going to. Let me have my cigar. Oh, really? Yeah. So we can we do no, one. We do arm wrestling, that. you and me? Not with the Northwestern <laughs> Corridor Northeastern, Northeastern. Northwestern's a different guy. All right. What did you get? What I got the Olmec, baby. Oh, I got number one. Man, of course you did. Number one for number one. Well, right? We're going to be okay. That's it, man. We'll be okay. If I get number 26, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, no joke. You, you'll be happy. Well, not 26 because it's not on the list. But you'll be happy with anything that you get. All the cigars on the list are fantastic. They okay. really are. All right. All right. So I, I get to pick one now? Oh, no. So now you're going to... Hear ye, so, hear ye. So now you guys pick out of a hat or a uh, a Bacardi tube. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going in. Here we go. A lot of good cigars there, Jimmy. All right. All right, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll, wait, wait, for, yeah, I'll wait for you. That I even get his. And IOC. Go. go ahead. You say the number. <laughs> Please don't let it be Number 29? What? <laughs> oh, Jimmy, what'd you get? I got number 12, a Rocky Patel ALR wow. second edition. This Nicely is, done. I like this. This is like Christmas. Yeah. I like mine. I got a Davidoff Nicaragua box press at coming in at number 11. Look, Wow. Yes. You guys are doing well. See, you guys see are doing how well we for that. yourselves. I'm going to stick with number one, though. All right. You got the Rocky. That's it. Look at this. Oh, fancy. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. I'm taking the rest. Yeah, Yami's got the, <laughs> got the, the other rest. 22. How about Nat? All right. So listen. So the Rocky Patel ALR second edition. All right. Made by the Tabacalera Via Cuba in Nicaragua, right? A Mexican wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. It's a Robusto, five and a half by fifty. Not bad. Thirteen bucks. Not 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 bad at all. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? The all three here, uh, the three cigars have a Nicaraguan filler. All it three is, of them. It is the center of the cigar universe. It seems right now. Right now, I mean, the list was very Nicaragua heavy, uh, so the, your odds of getting a Nicaraguan were were, were pretty stacked. Uh, now, two of these, Jimmy, yours and mine, both have a Mexican wrapper, so that's also kind of interesting. I will say this: this lot going on. In this, I mean, I got to get through a lot of material. You know, that, you know what's really funny? I got to get through a lot of material to get to the cigar. I mean. Like half the cigars is is in a, is in a is in a label. I know, but that is so you. I know, right? I was like, like you I, know, I you're almost, the guy that's always talking about labels and artwork and and by the way, and the, you the, got the, the band is amazing. The band is amazing. Yeah. What is that? Like a rose gold? Yeah, yeah. It's with some beautiful. white lettering. And of course, it's totally Jim. Of course, Rocky. Love you, Rocky. It was perfect for you, bud. I, I don't want to. I don't want to break the label. You know? Mine won cigar of the year in 2013. Ooh. Yep. That was so, a killer cigar. We got so, and that, by the way, the one that you have, Jimmy, mm -hmm. that one was number two or three a couple years ago. A couple years ago, yeah. So, I mean, really, we're uh, we're in business here. Yeah. Now, this the uh, the Olmec, the the Olmec Maduro. Uh, so again, like I mentioned earlier, it's a Mexican wrapper. The one that that got number one 
was the 6x52 Toro. I think, are we all dealing with Toros? Well, um, Rocky, their Robusto is like a Robusto Extra. It's like six, it's like five and a half, so it's almost a Toro. And uh, so this cigar, the, I mean, I think that what made this thing so uh, so noteworthy this year is it has it has some characteristics that other Maduros just don't have. Mm-hmm. Can I get a little fire there when you get a chance, sure. my friend? Left mine in the uh, in the cigar snob mobile outside. Oh, did you? Yeah. This is super box pressed, by the way. Yeah, it's beautifully beautifully produced there at Rocky's Nicaraguan factory called Tabacalera Villacuba or Tabicusa. The Nicaraguan factories all have these funny acronyms. But um, but yeah, quick. Oh, what you know? What we didn't talk about Jimmy. Mm-hmm. The uh, we will have we will have uh, Nick Melillo. On the show later on, right? So we are going to bring Foundation him on. Cigars. Uh, you guys probably heard him uh, if you follow Cigar Snob on YouTube. You probably heard the phone call where where we called to to let him know mm-hmm, that he had won. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That was exciting. That, so was, we'll, that was like I was like when the guy comes for the NFL, like, like yeah. the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he knocks on that your door. So, that was that was such a neat moment, uh, you know, because it it means a lot. You know, these guys work the. Uh, they work their butts off to make a great product and to consistently make it. And, uh, and so, and it's always, it's always good to get recognized, you know? So how many cigars did you guys go through? I couldn't even count them. Honestly, it's so many, Jim. You, I mean, so realize that whatever scored a 91 or above throughout the year is a candidate for top 25. Mm. So, we, I mean, it's every waking hour we are smoking. Excluding limiteds. That's a good point. So we do not include limited editions in our top 25 list. The idea, if you're wondering, the idea is that we want you guys to be able to to enjoy it. We want you to be able to buy it and smoke it and enjoy it. Uh, if we if we choose a limited edition, then the list is not actionable. You You won't be able to pick it up. So... Thank you, Ivan, for bringing that up. We we exclude limited editions. Now, some cigars are limited that are on the list, but they are an ongoing limited edition. In other words, you will be able to get it because they don't stop making it. They just make it in limited quantities. But limited, like one-off limited editions that that they only make once and that's it, we we exclude those from the list. So how is the uh how's the Davidoff Nicaragua box pressed working? It's um, it's very good. I was taking notes here. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a lot of like black pepper. Uh, it's woodsy. I'm getting like milk chocolate, black coffee. It's like perfect at this time that we're shooting this. It's very nice. I mean, again, I mean this this. I think it was a different. It was it was round. It was one round, cigar yeah. cigar of the year. This is more of the box press, which I love. Um, but still, excellent. personally, I still prefer the round over the box pressed. I mean, I like them both. Obviously, that thing I like this scored very high. Yeah. But but the round uh it it just it just has a different fullness of flavors that I enjoy more. Yeah. How's your ALR second I, edition? I would say like? the first thing that got me and I'm very much at the beginning here is it's very earthy. Very earthy, which I enjoy. Um fills up your palate. The the retro hail was very smooth. I, I I thought it would be a little you know well, yeah because it looks a little like thought it'd be a little harsh, but it it's very good. So right now I'm getting you know it's, it's a little spicy, um, but not 
over the top spicy. I would almost kind of been doing this enough now with you. I've been, it feels like it's a little red peppery with some earth to it. Uh, very, it's very hearty um, and and not bad even for like a, the first cigar of the day. It's not it's not terrible. It's 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 it's, in a, it's in a, a wrong word. It's it's not overpowering. It's not like oh wow you can't have this as a breakfast cigar. No, it's it's actually quite full. It's quite rich and it's it's off to a very good start. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find a lot of breakfast cigars in the top 25 <laughs> this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's times that that we've had a couple sneak in there, but the issue is that once you start to compare, and and that's another that leads us to another question, right? Like, how come there's so many medium, medium plus, and full, and then not enough mild cigars on the list? And the the real reason is that. As you are comparing the best of the best from the whole year, it's hard for a mild cigar to come to the table with enough flavor and complexity uh, to combat these uh, these right. full-bodied and medium, medium, medium plus, and full-bodied. Uh, they're just it, they can't stand up to it, right? It, you just can't help it unless it happens to be like I like off the top of my head. I remember the the Epoca. Remember that it was made by Nat Sherman back yeah. then. Uh, the Epoca, which you guys maybe pronounce Epoca, as as Mike Herklotz would have said. <laughs> Isn't that a town in Florida, Epoca? Yeah. Epoca, Florida. Uh, the Epoca, that that cigar climbed up to the top. The uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño CT, that one climbed, right? Because they're, they're not your everyday mild Connecticut shade cigar. It's, it's it, got, it has more su- tobacco in it to make it more complex. And the other one was your favorite, the Aganorsa Connecticut. The yeah. Aganorsa Leaf Connecticut. That one, that's a killer smoke. Yeah. That doesn't I mean that comes with tons of flavor and and a surprising amount of body too. Yeah. I, I would think that most mild cigars have an abundance of just mild tobacco in it. That they don't have the variety that something that is fuller flavor has. Like it has the fuller flavored cigars have more ligero have other primings of the yeah there's no ligero in a mild there is nothing like that in a, in a mild cigar so i think if i think if the the pro wrestler rick flair had a cigar it would be this this is no looks, question this almost it. looks like a championship belt you know that, no that you have wrapped around his it. waist i actually have somebody somebody said something to me the other day and i wanted to 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 ask you guys about it i like v-cuts in my cigars and and this rocky patel like i did a v-cut with it somebody once told me um uh v-cuts are a no-no I don't think there's ever a no-no, but but what's the difference between a V cut? Do you have to work harder to get a draw out of a V cut? Does it not? Is it just more presentation? Because I get that a lot between straight and V cuts. It's just it's just a preference because the the amount what you're trying to do is you're trying to let's let's back up. There's no no no. If you bought the cigar, you do whatever whatever you want with it. Yeah, because there's a punch you can you can you can punch it in All there. Right. So there there's some there's, a few there's some drawbacks. There's some there's some drawbacks to to a punch. I will tell you that. Uh a punch if you're punching a cigar, let's say uh it's a 50 ring gauge, right? A standard 50 ring gauge and you're punching it with that thin little punch, you're not giving enough room for the smoke to flow through when you draw smoke out of it. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the little shoulder that's left over after your punch starts to collect some tar, especially if you smoke a little a little fast. If you're a fast smoker and you kind of heat up the cigar too much, you'll have that tar buildup. And by the halfway point to, you know, to as you start to get to the bend, it's, it starts to become too bitter and nasty. Mm. And so 
And and sometimes that tar buildup, you'll even taste it and you'll be like, oh my God, what is that? And it it, it it's not pleasant. And so that's the only thing I would say about a, about a, a punch cut. If you'd like a punch though, and you'd want to prevent that, you can give it like three, you can use the punch three times around the same spot to kind of give it a, a bigger area for the smoke to flow through. In terms of a V cut, you don't have that issue with a V cut. A V cut, it's there's no you're not leaving a shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a matter of preference. It doesn't it doesn't change that much the smoking experience. It's just you like a V cut and that's fine. I'll be honest with you. The reason why I do it, it especially if, if I'm if, if we're all smoking the same stick, let's say, or once the the label comes off. I'm the only one in my group that ever has a V cut, so I know which cigar is always mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's the way I do it. It's tagging your property. Yeah, that's it. You know, especially when the when the band comes off, because then it's like, okay, sure, it's you know, obviously, if you're sitting here, it's, it's in front of you, but sometimes you're, you know, I know, I know some people that that prefer V cuts and punches, and even this that somebody gave me. It's a uh, I don't know the name of it, oh, but sure, it, just, it makes a little. Like five incisions right into oh. the into the thing. Some people don't like having that like loose tobacco in your mouth. Sure, you know, like the little bits and pieces. And by doing something that's a little bit smaller, like a V cut or punch or something like this, it prevents some of that. I don't mind the tobacco in my mouth. Well, no, obviously, if you're if you're smoking good cigars that are long filler, that are made with long filler tobacco, like all of these are, you're not going to have tobacco in your mouth. You're not. The the bits of tobacco problem is typically either you're smoking a, a what's called a Cuban sandwich cigar, which is, is a mixed filler, mm-hmm. um, or you're smoking a short filler cigar, or the cigar is too dry, and yeah. when you cut it, you left, you know, it leaves a, a bunch of bits of tobacco mm-hmm. behind. So or that, or sometimes it unravels, you know. That's if you the cut other. too much. If you cut, right. Yeah. But, but in terms of, like, just w- I take... And I think here at the magazine, we take our cue from the guys that are making the cigars, the guys that are blending them mm-hmm. and are tasting cigars for a living. They cut it with their fingernails. Wow. They literally go, they cut it with their fingernails and- They just take that little cap off and that's it. They usually do. No, it's like the, it's like the equivalent of a, of a straight cut, but with their fingernails. Ooh. And so mm. they're it's not- It's not the equivalent of a punch? No. No, it, it's like a. It ends up being a straight cut. They're going. Oh, they're going around. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like just. So, so I know. I know our, there's some so there's some cutter manufacturers that are going. No, <laughs> I understand, and we have <laughs> we have some, and that, that doesn't mean that you have to do that. It's a right. little bit, you know. It's in all fact, preferences. It's a little, it's all, yeah, it's a little dirty if you're it's at all subjective. a lounge and you're doing that, and you've been shaking hands with seventeen people. Whatever, I, I get it. And also, we we like we like our tools, right? Us us guys, we like. Uh, and and ladies, we like our the scissors are cool. I love scissors, but uh, but what I'm saying is is let I, I what I don't like to do is make that much of a big deal between the differences mm-hmm. of a straight and a. Now there are other things about a cut that can that can change your experience, right? Like for example, there's people who who cut it at an angle, which is called the Dickman cut, which is <laughs> Ivan's favorite cut. Every time I think of you, my friend. So Here's you my can, friend, the Dickman. You can cut it at an angle and kind of smoke it w- with the smoke going up. Or down. At, correct. But typically people want it up because down kind of lands right on your tongue. It kind of burns your tongue. Whereas up, it kind of goes up into your palate. And uh, 
and, and it's a different experience. It's kind of a cooler smoke. If you go down, then it's kind of a warmer smoke. So that's neat. I think that that's something you can try for. And also like the chisel, the La Flor Dominicana chisel was made so that you can, you can punch it from the top and then have the smoke go up into your palate, right? There's just kind of like, that's kind of weird, kind of like a pipe, right? Yeah, not, not weird, kind of interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that before. That's 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 kind of cool. I might try that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So anyway, there are things. I mean, the cut affects your your smoking experience. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Sure. What I'm saying is, you know, let's let's not be stupid about it. Right. 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 Like whatever your favorite cut is, don't poo poo the next guy because he likes a V cut or because he likes a whatever cut, a shuriken or a whatever. So. Uh, if you enjoy your cigar the way you're cutting it, then have at it. The only thing that I think we try to introduce is other ideas that you may yeah. you may want to try, but it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. All right. So how is the the Olmec? I don't think we talked yeah. about that yet so far. How, well, I was I was trying to get into, it, but you guys were were in the middle of lighting your cigars. You know, it was it was a different start to the show than normal because right, right. normally we're all right. We're ready to light. Okay, we light and then we start the show. Right. In this one, we we had this little game, and then we ended up, you know. So uh, I think that's a different thing you're talking about. <laughs> All right. So how is number one? Number one. Uh, it's fantastic. So what I said, what I was trying to say earlier, when you guys were messing about, uh, it's it's got it's got that earthiness, it's got the pepper, but it also has like a delicious, sweet, caramelly uh, creaminess to it that is not common. In um in in a Maduro cigar, so yeah. it's it's a Maduro with with some other complexities and other nuances that is not that are not common, uh, and so it's not what you were expecting, right? And so you got to keep in mind that when we do these top twenty five lists, we're smoking these things all blind, so we have no idea what it is, and it just keeps standing out, and you're like, wow, man, it's it's got it's got the the uh, characteristics of a Maduro, but my God, it has these these wonderful, unique, different notes that a Maduro typically doesn't have. Uh, so it, it's a cigar that just really enthralled us from from the we tried it in uh, we tried it for the first time in I think like August, uh, but it wasn't in the ratings. Mm-hmm. We didn't have enough of them because it had just come out. And then we uh, we were able to finally purchase them because they, they hit stores after the PCA trade show, and so we got it rated. Was it in September or in, or in November? I think it was November that we got it rated. Maybe it was September. I'm not sure. I should have looked that up beforehand. But uh, but we rated it, and it was like, oh my god, this is delicious, right? We scored it a 93 in uh, in whenever we did the ratings, and then when we tasted it again, now this time along with all the other candidates for top 25, it just it just kept climbing. Like again, like it happens every year. Every year when we when we get to that point, some cigars just rise. And and some fall. It's really strange. Sometimes a cigar will get a 92 or a 93 during the year. And when we taste it at the end and compare it to all these other excellent cigars, it just starts dropping down the list. It just happened. It happens. And then there's others that climb up the list. And it's just it wasn't as good as when we first tried it or, you know, like different things happen in cigars. These are a natural product. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm thinking too much into this. But I know like in the movie business... You know, do you always try to release the big movies, the Oscar movies, 
in November and December. Maybe it's more recency bias. It's the last thing you saw, so it's what you remember. I don't know if cigar manufacturers are thinking that way, but it's got to be hard even not to have recency bias. Like the last cigar you had maybe was the best cigar, and you forget about that smoke you had in February or, or, or March. Some people are very conscious to these <laughs> to these top twenty five yeah. lists, but I don't think they 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 schedule the releases around it. But they'll remind you of their good cigars once you start getting into that later part of the year. But but we do yes, and I agree, and there is some of that. But it's not because of the recency bias so much. I think that one of the one of the keys is that when when you release the cigar later in the year, now you don't have to keep it consistent as long mm. as something that, that has been around right. the market for a couple of years. Humidification. Well, no, no it. it's literally the consistency of making this, right? When you make the cigar, there's, you know, there's a combination of tobaccos that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And so people always say, oh, is the blend, is the blend change, is the blend the same? You probably heard some of this uh, last show with Mike Herklotz. Uh The blend is constantly changing because the blender in the cigar factory is always trying to ensure consistency. So he knows what this blend is supposed to taste like, but he cannot possibly use the same exact tobaccos because that was one harvest or whatever combination of harvest go into the cigar. And so now when he gets the next batch of tobacco from that field, that harvest, it's it's not the same because mm-hmm. it rained more that year. It was sunnier that year. There was more cloud cover that year or it was colder and Right, it's it changes just like grapes and wine, and so he cannot use the exact same tobacco. He just can't. So he may have to level up one harvest, or or down one harvest, or or change to another part of that field, or or even change to another part of the country. Uh, and so the blends are always kind of changing. That's like a little secret that I think most just regular everyday cigar smokers don't even realize that the blend is constantly changing. And so when I say that a company that releases their cigar later in the year, they don't have to manage that multi-harvest problem because mm-hmm. they have enough tobacco to make it for the whole year and probably into the following. It's when they get in, you know, once once you're like a year later or whatever amount of time, however, however much tobacco you go through, um, that's when it starts to become an issue where now the blender has to maintain. So that's why whenever, whenever you see differences in a cigar or when you read... Uh, let's say our 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 comments in a rating or in a top twenty five, and you're like, "Man, I smoked that cigar. It didn't taste like that. It was stronger. Or it was milder, or it was more harsh, or it was like this." Give it another shot because if we're saying that, that means that the one that we smoked now at the end of the year was uh, was that way, right? And so, uh, so it, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun thing it's a fun little element of the cigar industry that that is that is different that these are a natural product and they're constantly changing and so like the i just smoked a cigar this weekend that is one of my favorite cigars i'm not going to mention mm-hmm. the manufacturer the name of the cigar but it was very very different from what it originally was made to and i did not like it at all mm. and it's one of my favorites and it was a totally different cigar that happens. It happens. And, you know, so there's a cigar in the top 25. Uh, I think it was number three. Let me look at that. Yeah. So the H. Upman Nicaragua by AJ. When that cigar was released initially a couple years ago, when it came out, when we rated it, it rate, it scored very high. And um, and I remember internally we we're like, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna be a candidate. There's no question because this cigar is fantastic. 
And when we tasted it again at the end of the year, it wasn't the same. It was still very good, but it wasn't at that level. And then this year, we rated it like in January, and it was absolutely delicious. And it was back to what it was when we originally thought it was going to be a candidate. And sure enough, we tasted it at the end of the year, and, and there it is. It's number three on the list. And you probably... You probably haven't smoked that cigar in a couple of years because it came out and it was hot for a minute and then it, it died down. Yeah. And I would say give that a try again because that was so good at, at the end of this year of, uh, of 2022. It was outrageously good. It was creamy and smooth. And so anyway, um, yeah, cigar, cigars are constantly changing. And so you, you, know, you, have to, you have to give them a shot. Sometimes give them a chance to come back or, or um, you know. Or you miss out on a great experience with, with a great cigar. Well, I don't want to miss out on our, our perfect pairing today because I'm flying through this ALR. It is so good. So let's let's uh, set up for our perfect pairing. But first, my man, you've got something for me from Villiger. I'll tell you a cigar that's always great. It doesn't change. It's the new Villiger do Brazil. Handcrafted entirely from the finest of Brazilian tobaccos, the Villiger Du Brasil shines the spotlight on the unique characteristics of tobaccos grown in the legendary Bahia region. It's one of the most fertile regions of Brazil, known for the cultivation of oranges, sugarcane, and coffee. This region is also known for another top-class product, fine tobacco. Villiger Cigars harvest their own tobacco here on the company's own fields, and only the best torcedores are selected to roll these puros elaborately by hand. The Villiger Du Brasil is truly a luxury product, for demanding aficionados. As the company's chairman, Heinrich Villiger, emphasizes, we control the entire manufacturing process to guarantee excellent quality, from the tobacco seeds to the perfect cigar. The Villiger do Brasil is offered in two different wrappers, a Maduro and a Connecticut named the Claro. The Maduro line is covered in an alluring Arapiraca wrapper and offers a robust, medium, full body with strong aromas and bold flavors of leather, fruit, cocoa, and espresso bean. Cloaked in an elegant Bahia-grown Connecticut seed wrapper, the Villiger do Brasil Claro offers a satisfying medium body and robust aroma and flavors of sweet cedar, coffee, and pepper. The Claro is refined smoke with exotic, eye-opening character. The Villiger do Brasil is available in both a Robusto and a Toro size. So if you find yourself looking for the perfect cigar, go reach for a Villiger do Brasil. Go out and try one today. I love it. You, you always sell me on that, man. I, oh, I, I man, love it. I'm glad. I was I was in a lounge the other day and I saw I saw Villiger and I said, you know, I'm, I'm gonna grab one. Gotta do it. A nice little smoky tree. You never call it. me for these, man. If you're ever in a lounge, and okay, you gotta call me. All right, out. I will. I will next time. All right. Keep keep, keep tomorrow open. Keep tomorrow. <laughs> open. All right. Now we're gonna get into a, a little rum. It's a rum day. And now perfect pairings brought to you by Total Wine and More. Bring out the booze. Thanks, Jasper. You know, Jasper keeps telling me about this, and I'm finally, finally going to have it. A little Zafra rum. Yeah, so this is the... So we're not doing a blind or anything like that today. Today is uh, celebration day. And when you're celebrating and you feel like celebrating with rum, the Zafra 30, it's uh, a killer, killer rum. Smells Um, amazing. It's unbelievable. Not passing the test. Not getting the job. No. So this is... uh, (laughs) No way. Look at that thing. It is dark. Yeah, so this one's from the 2016 uh, limited edition. This is bottled 2056 of 7920. Mm. Um, yeah, this is, you know, if you if you like rum, uh, this is one where you kind of treat yourself 
And if you don't like rum, you're going to like it after this. I think so. It's just so freaking delicious, right? And by the way, I have not found a cigar that goes poorly with this. Ooh, there it is. I'm not joking. Gauntlet. It's, bum, bum, bum. Yep. It's, out, it's outrageous. Well, first of all, I mean, I could just sit here and smell it all day. Yeah, it's so good. So the, the regular Safra, uh, the Safra 21, is also excellent. Very, very good. But this just goes to another level. All right, so before we get into it, how, how is everybody's uh, smoky treat? How, how are you doing over there, Ivan? Yeah, I had, to, I had to stop to pour your glasses out. It's gotten, I think the peppers are, are showing through a little bit more uh, since when I first started, but it's still very creamy. Uh, it's been um, consistent. I, I get some vanilla out of it now. And you're smoking which one again? The Davidoff Nicaragua box press. But I think I think the test will now come. With the how about you, Jim? How's the uh, how's the Rocky ALR? I mean, you? it is it is. I, I I've lost a little bit of the earthiness, so it's not as um, not bitter, but it's not as it, it's very smooth now. I mean, it is just it is in cruising altitude. I mean, I'm walking about the cabin. The, the flight attendants are serving drinks. We are smooth sailing, man. I could see the Rocky Mountains. I could see everything. It is, it is just apps. And the retrohale, Dios mio, chef's kiss. Yeah. It is so good right now. Yeah, and that, you know, one of the, one of the things, one of the characters, people ask me all the time, ah, how, how do you gauge the quality of a cigar? And when it gets to that level up here in the top 25 list, right, your complexity and, and the transitions that the cigar goes through are also part of it, right? So yeah. you can have a cigar that tastes great and it just tastes great all the way through and you're like, oh, that was really nice, but it was kind of boring, right? When a cigar does, you know, does a, a transition and it goes through all these changes and they're pleasant changes. Yeah, like I was just about to say, I'm, I'm almost getting a hint and maybe maybe my little palate is starting to... Starting to grow up a little? It, you know, I've, I've, I'm not on tummy time anymore. Maybe I'm crawling now. Now, you know, I'm getting like some sweetness. I'm getting a little sure, bit of should. sweetness Absolutely. now. And I, I can like... I was like, is that sweet? I, mean, I had to take another puff just to make sure. The ALR is one of my favorite Rocky. Oh, it's, it's, it's the, the sweetness is really starting to come out. I'm about halfway through it right now, and it's so good with the V-cut, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so let, let's get the Zafra involved in the conversation here. All right. Do you know what, how much the uh, MSRP is on the I'll look it up. Zafra? There's a lot of dead air right now. You guys are mm, mm, mm. a lot of enjoying. Mm. Wow, this is this is <laughs> it's liquid candy. This is just forget. It. I'm taking my shoes off and see you later, buddy. Yeah, I'm t I, I knew that when when we said, "Hey, let's let's just celebrate the top 25." Like, I, I know we're going to drink. What I it it feels like you're, you're biting into like a crisp apple almost, and then and then it kind of finishes with a little bit of heat. You know, it, so it kind of does a little, does a little turnaround on you, but it's so good. And then it leaves such a nice little aftertaste in your mouth. Yeah, it's not the typical rum that most people drink. It, this is something. Yeah, so you asked about MSRP. World. It's a $210 bottle. Oh, so, bueno. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, a cheap rum, but I tell you, it it's is worth it. It is worth it. There's no. There's no question about it. So when the family and everyone's gone after the holidays, and you got a little quiet, then you bust this out for yourself. 
No el tío A that comes in once a year. Forget that guy. Empties out your bottle. Yeah. Oh, good. So, Ivan, how is it working with the cigar? Again, I, I've never found a cigar that doesn't go well with it. Well, the streak continues. <laughs> <laughs> the sweetness from the rum takes the peppers from the cigars, and it kind of, like, gives it, like, this new, like, characteristic. So it seems like its own, like, little flavor, which it's excellent. It's like a... A sweet pepper. I don't. I don't know what it is, but it's it's delicious. You know, in my in my pairing here with the Olmec, so the the Olmec kind of cuts the sweetness a little bit of the rum, and it makes it, which for me is great. I I I I, I love safra. I like that style of rum, but I also love like drier rums, and so. So when it, when you when you have it with the Omic, it's almost like you can have two rums, right? If you take a puff and then take a, a sip, the rum's sweetness is cut by a tiny margin, but still cut. And if you go the other way, you have that the rum sweetness brings in that sweetness into the cigar. It's really, really nice. For me, if you notice, the first time I had the Zafra, there was some heat at the end of it. I, I, that's what I got. After having the, the Rocky Patel, and I took a puff first, and then I drank the Safra, it cuts the heat at the end and almost brings out more of like a, a, a fruity, flavorful little aftertaste. It really complements it well. Really complements it. The, the finish is amazing. Finishes, and I'm going to do it the other way where I drink and then puff, but puffing first and then drinking, sensational. What occasion would you have that pairing right there? Oh my gosh! I mean, this this is this is a is this pre party or post? See, my my problem is you know you don't you don't want to kill this two hundred dollar bottle of wine. It's a bottle of rum right out of the gate. I mean, to me, this almost feels like uh, it's definitely an accomplishment. Whether it's that promotion, whether it's you landed that big account, um, you know the 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 engagement. You know, I, I think it, I think it's I think it's a small group. You know, not necessarily a house party per se, but if your kid comes home and says, hey, we're engaged or, or you know, we we landed that big account we've been chasing for 10 months. I think this is what you do. I have like maybe like 10 or so bottles that I have for those like special occasions. I just haven't had any successes. To drink. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> so I just keep piling them up. No, I think this... Uh this this wine, oh, sorry. This you you said wine, and you left me with wine in the head. Uh, this rum is like I said, like I've said before. It's just a perfect. It's very. It's opulent. It tastes. It's elegant. Yeah, it, it luxurious. Tastes, it tastes luxurious. Definitely, that's a good word for it. Uh, and so, for like when I see you, Jim, with the with the again opulent label of the Rocky Patel mm -hmm. ALR, mm -hmm. you look expensive. and this luxury. Yeah, you look expensive. I am expensive. I know. It's like a, you remember. You remember yeah. that it was like a direct TV commercial with the Russian. Like <laughs> Everything was gold. I has it. I love I that. <laughs> That's Jimmy right now. Jimmy is the Russian with. The, it was like a baby giraffe or something. The guy had on his <laughs> on his lap. I will say this. I, I did the I did the opposite where I drank the Zafra and then I puffed, and it was a lot sweeter this time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, um, if you're not into super sweet, I would recommend doing it the other way: puff and then drink. 
But if you like the sweetness, drink and then puff. So, so you get, you know. Yeah. You get like I said, yeah, it's like having two yeah, rums yeah. in one. Yeah. Oh, so Matt, good. how are you liking yours? Hey, okay, over there. Matt has no mic. She doesn't she need gave it. Us, she, she gave, gave, us, gave us, yeah. she gave us a, she Thumb. gave us a thumbs up, man. It's a good stuff, man. So, you know, it's a celebratory edition of the Cigar Snob Magazine podcast. We're going through the top twenty-five. We're celebrating with some, you know, cigarsnob.com. Top twenty-five. It's on the homepage. You can check it out. And we got a chance to talk to the guy responsible for the number for one. The number one. Yep. So. Um, as always, we want to thank Total Wine and More. That's what Perfect Pairings is brought to you by. We're always going to find the right bottle at the right price with their lowest price guarantee. You can visit Total Wine and More at TotalWine.com. Let's step aside and let's bring in our guy from Foundation Cigars. Nick, what's going on? There he is. There he is. There's the man. What's happening, Nick? Congratulations, Good to see you, brother. Thank you very much. Very exciting. Very, very yeah, exciting. Man. Congrats. That, you know, this is a great honor. Yeah, tell me, how how was it? How does it feel? It feels amazing, man. I mean, number one is, uh, is a great feeling. You know, to see your work. I put my whole life into the cigar, the cigar world and foundation. So to get the recognition and to see someone honor honor your work with a number one is is a, is a true honor um so i i don't always you know necessarily pay attention to too much leading up to the the awards and think about it too much because there's i'm so busy all the time and i'm so focused on accomplishing the tasks at hand yeah. so when when i got the call from you i was actually sitting down in my 2023 rep meetings and I was sitting in my last, literally just sit down and I saw your call come through and I had been watching, you know, the, the top 10 come through. So when I saw your call, uh, I definitely got the chills. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. that was fun, man. I'm glad we were able to capture the, capture that in that, in that reel that we did. Uh, I'm so glad you, you recorded that conversation. That was great. My brother really enjoyed that. He saw yeah. and said, I'm so glad they, they recorded that conversation. Yeah, man, it it uh, we we've never done that, and so it felt it felt so good. And you know, thankfully, I was like, wait a minute, I have to ask Nick for permission if we can run this. I'm call. glad I didn't say anything too ridiculous. Yeah, we would. I think had, I uh, used. I think I used. I apologize for calling you dude too many times. I think I used oh, the no. word, I, I the word dude we, too many times. No, that was great, man. That was great. So. So let's let's kind of get into to this cigar, right? So I am I'm smoking the Olmec Claro. I don't have any Maludos left. We smoked the bejesus out of those. <laughs> so you, you got the right one. I gotta so, get you some Maduros. I, I would appreciate it. They're kind of hard to come by right now. They're shipping. We we can get into that, but they're they're just uh, we got a shipment leaving actually today. I'm here in Esteli. Uh, reviewing production and uh, we have a shipment actually leaving for Managua today so it should leave for the states tomorrow and we should hopefully start getting some back orders fulfilled and whatnot so I'll get you I'll get you some sticks nice well yeah the um, and by the time this airs so this episode we're recording it now but it'll be a few days like probably next week early next week when it'll hit so cool maybe the timing will be right where people can can go out and find them again. Yeah. So very exciting. So t- tell us about that Olmec, uh, did, that Olmec brand. 
did the idea come from, like, did you come across this tobacco and then say, oh my God, I need to celebrate this tobacco with, you know, with the culture for it? Or did you come at it from like your history buff that you are? Uh, did you come at it from the Olmec culture and say, oh, I'd love to make a cigar about the Olmecs and then find a tobacco? So I, I've always been interested in the Olmecs. And I, I started going to Mexico for tobacco purchasing, I want to say, 05, 06. So I was always aware of the Olmec culture because I would travel to San Andreas outside of Veracruz. And it was always known that this was the area of the same area of the Olmecs. And um, there was an old tobacco farmer that had given me a book called The Smoking Gods, which was mainly focused on the Mayan culture and tobacco, but it hinted about the Olmec civilization. So I was always aware of the Olmecs. And then I was with my buddy Abdel Fernandez over at the factory and we were reviewing San Andreas Mexican and just the work he's been doing in San Andreas with the farmers he's been working with. And then the fermentation process that he was undertaking here was very different. See, in, in, in Mexico, they ferment tobacco a bit differently than we do here in, say, Nicaragua, Honduras, or the Dominican. And they also prime the tobacco in the field differently. Traditionally in Mexico, they're priming only two primings. So they go in and they remove half of the, the plant, and then they'll go in again and remove the, the upper half of the plant. Okay. And then they go into ten to 12,000 pound fermentation piles which are very large than what we're accustomed to yeah. here in, in Nicaragua. We're usually here in Nicaragua are about 7,000, 8,000 pounds. So what they, they do that for is because they can get the temperatures up and the tobacco can be fermented a little bit faster and then kind of enter the market a little bit faster. It's, yeah. it's not bad. It's just a little bit quicker process. Of course, here, you know, when we're trying to make super premium, you know, top quality cigars, we want to slow down that fermentation process. Why? Because we're trying to preserve the natural oils of the leaf, which in turn, in, in my opinion, produces a lot more flavor and body and strength. Whereas if you, I always compare it to, you know, my grandmother's pasta sauce, the difference between opening up a can, throwing it on the stove and heating it compared to my grandmother best ingredients, low temperatures for six, eight hours all day. Because what happens is once you turn up those temperatures and when you get, it's the same with fermentation. If you get those temperatures too high, the same thing when you're cooking, if you turn the temperatures up too much and you get the boil going, what happens? It starts evaporating. Yeah. So if you left it on the stove for too long at too high a temperature, eventually it's all going to be gone and you're going right. to lose all, all that flavor. So, you know, working with Adele, that tobacco scent, you know, it's not fermented there in, in Mexico. It's sent from the farms and then it starts going through a very slow fermentation so here in, to, in Nicaragua. So to clarify that, uh, so the difference is uh, traditionally the tobacco gets harvested, cured and fermented in Mexico and then shipped. And then yeah. usually probably there's like another additional fermentation 
Correct. Factory in Nicaragua or, or wherever. Correct. And so now what you're saying is it got harvested, cured, and then no fermentation. All of it will be handled in Nicaragua. All of it's handled it, here and in Nicaragua. That's AJ's uh, process. Is that, is that something that he is doing now that he wasn't doing before? You know, um, I I think before a lot of people weren't doing it, it that way. Um, I actually had worked with um, Oliva Tampa on a project in Mexico doing it, it that way. And I don't know who really started it first, but it's now become more common for people purchasing to have it sent here and then fermented uh, at, at, at the way we do it here in Nicaragua at lower temperatures. Um, and, and it also depends on what product it's going on, right? Of course. If it's going on a bundled product that's intended for, you know, online or less inexpensive, you're not going to do it the same way. Because again, yeah. you know, the price points of, you know, and the time and, and, and money that's you're investing so it depends on what what product the tobacco is going on, which way you will do it. But you know, uh, working with you Abdel, telling, you're telling the story. So you were with Abdel, and uh, yeah. and let's go back and, to where you were. And you know, Abdel and I just really hit it off from the beginning because I I come from the Drew Estate operation and the size of of that operation very similar to Abdel's operation. And just his inventories of tobacco, and we worked on some projects, you know, to get tobacco projects, Connecticut Broadleaf, together. Um, so we really, his passion for tobacco is unprecedented. So reviewing the San Andreas, you know, just when we get into it, we're like two little kids in a candy store, looking at this leaf. And once I saw it, and then tasted it. And then also tasted the Claro, I fell, fell in love with it. And that began the idea of forming a brand and a blend around. So it definitely did start with that tobacco, um, you know, first and foremost is that San Andreas. And I don't see many people that use the Claro wrapper, you know, no. and. Yeah, you're right. Those who know tobacco, when you're going in and you're purchasing crops, you get the whole cow. So where everybody wants the Maduro all the time, you know, you have to deal with the whole cow. So, you know, I didn't want to just cherry pick all the, uh, the Maduro, but I also, again, want to have the options for people that don't like Maduros and like something of, of more of a Claro wrapper. And I don't see many San Andreas Claro wrappers on the marketplace. And the tobacco is just so interesting and unique even though it's coming from yeah, the, the same plant which we can get into the difference well um, that's what I, well I, you were actually uh you were going to let me segue into into yeah. that uh into that question because you know the claro it's san andres claro is not actually claro by the general term claro right it's claro yes for, it's mexico san andres negro and san andres claro Right. But though their claro is not exactly claro. In fact, it's it's quite dark. I mean, if you if you look at it there, it's a it's a pretty it's a, dark claro. You're going to get variation. Yeah. There. So you you are going to see amongst the Omex on the market, you will see a variation. You'll see a variation amongst the Maduro, but also the claro. So you will get claros that are 
definitely leaning more towards that that cafe, yeah, uh, that Colorado uh, cafe, uh, leaning towards that Maduro, and then you'll get Maduro, and then you'll get Oscuro, yeah, and that's just again the nature of the plant and working with the whole crop, right? Because you're going to have yeah. I'm going to interrupt here real quick because I think that. So there's a lot of Maduros out there that look like the color of your shirt, right? A lot. And yeah. they're so uniform. And so, and you know, it's like, I, for me, it's refreshing when I see a Maduro that has variation that isn't all super, super dark. And that there's some of it that is a, because, you know, that, that means that you didn't, this is my, the way I sure. view the world. When I see a Maduro that isn't quite as dark as that, but it is still a Maduro, I, I, that means to me that you didn't like overprocess it or use another accelerant or 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 do any sort of color enhancement. This is right. natural. It's a natural Maduro. Exactly. So I, I, to me, it's refreshing when I see that that variation. It's like these are real Maduros. Like there, there's no uh, doctoring here. Yeah. And that's the tough thing because the market sometimes wants to have, you know, the perfect, that's the difficult thing about growing wrapper tobaccos is, is the aesthetics of it. Um, I, I tend to not care as much as the, of the aesthetics and I'm more concerned about the oil and flavor and the fermentation process. And you'll see that also on my tabernacle. I mean, they're rustic. They're they're veiny. Uh, to me personally, that's just how I am as a smoker. I will, you know, not care as much as aesthetics and if the cigar is on point as far as flavor, combustion. You know, a little blemish here or a, a thicker vein for me is not a big deal. What's a big deal is okay. Is the flavor on point? Is it fermented properly? Is it is it smoking properly? Um, Unfortunately, sometimes the market is, you know, looking, yeah. in my opinion, too much, too extreme sometimes on the aesthetic side. Yeah. And when you deal with Maduros, you, you, when you deal with Maduros, I mean, you can't, you can't be overly. I know. And, and you know, I'll take a little bit of, uh, of the blame for the media side uh, because, you know, the, the looks of the cigar do factor in, right? It is 100%, 100%. a component of of that rating, it's not as nearly as important as flavor and aroma and strength, let's say, but, uh, and combustion, obviously, but, uh, but it is a component, right? And so 100%. you can't have an ugly cigar, have a super high score. It'll, it, it can have a high score, but it maybe not end up as cigar of the year. It's very rare that an ugly cigar ends up, uh, that high in the, in the conversation there. True. True. But you understand Maduro, the nature of Maduro's just in general. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be a, like a pristine Connecticut shade all the time. No, it's maybe. not. Or even like those, those beautiful, like AJ just makes such a, he makes a beautiful. Habano Ecuador does. Yeah, that's is. like, that's for like, it's like a painting. You look at it and it's like, Jesus, this is, yeah. this is a work of art. And it, and, the, and they're making them nonstop and they're, each one is a work of art. So uh, yeah, that, that speaks to AJ's insane level of quality. The guy yeah. is a complete nut, uh, That's in a true. good way. And so now you guys worked on this blend quite a bit. So right? I, 
I worked on the, so he, he lets, he basically opens his doors to me and I, I go wild. So I'm just locked in a room and I end up going through and selecting bales for the filler tobacco. We're going through to make sure we have, you know, consistent filler for, you know, a, a, a core production, you know, so I'm not using tobaccos that there's only two bales of, uh, and we can only make a hundred boxes. So I end up going through and selecting, you know, all of the, the tobaccos, and then I'm locked in a room and it's just me, my chaveta, my tabla, and I just begin the blending process. So AJ just sort of leaves me alone and, you know, really just opens his doors to me and, and, and has made, you know, his factory, uh, you know, a home within a home for me. So, and he knows, you know, again, I come from that running a factory of that size and he knows I, I know what I'm doing. So he also doesn't want to show me, you know, any leaf that he would find, I think, embarrassing to him. Yeah. He, he, he's always trying to impress me, which is great. That's beautiful. And so, yes. so you, so t t talk us through a little bit of that blending process. So you created a, let's say you create a couple of different blends and then you take those with you and then you, you revisit it. You let those dry a little bit. What, how does, how does that go? So now at this point in my career, my process usually starts with, I'm in seven blends. Right. So I'll start with the seven blends that I'll start with base blends. Um, usually, I mean, even before that happens, I'm starting with component. So I, I'm testing individual components of Seikos, Visos, Ligeros, different seed varieties, different farms. So I'll kind of begin there inspecting bales, kind of seeing, you know, where, I, where I'm at, um, binder selections, from the same different seed varieties at different farms. And then I start usually with seven blends. And I, I typically always start in a six by 52 Toro size. Um, you know, Toro, when I started smoking cigars, I started, you know, in the industry in 96. Toro for me was always my, my size. Because for me, it was that perfect ring gauge and length where I yeah. felt really encompassed the the fullness of of what those blends or that line had to offer so when i started here in nicaragua and started blending uh oh my god it's almost 20 years ago now i can't believe this shit. i swear on this show or no <laughs> yeah man it's an adult i can't show. believe this shit um you know i always started in the six by 52 so i do a six by 52 and then i start within seven blends um i'll then i'll i'll start smoking without wrapper and then I'll start to add the wrapper. Okay. And then within those seven blends, I'll end up making, say, five to 10 sticks. And then I'll just sit for, you know, smoking through all of those. And that's and literally then you making them, right? You don't have a roller with you. That's you making no, those. I, yeah, I do them all. I, you know, my skill level with bunching, I, I, I wouldn't put myself up there amongst, you know, uh pepin or anyone yeah. it's it's i in my and speed is not my thing because that's not my that's i'm fortunate i don't have to to roll uh, 300 cigars a day yeah so i i my my rolling um for both bunching and wrapper 
is is much slower and it's more rustic in the sense that I do not use molds to start. So I've been able to now roll cigars without molds and have them, you know, with wrapper at a really, you know, do it pretty well, um, okay. you know, just over over time. And I roll, you know, a lot of t- what we call tabacchiados is, is yeah. what we use to roll the individual components. So it's just me. Um, again, no molds. Um, I have a chaveta. I have a cortador. A tabla, and that's it. My tabla and my goma. And I start rolling there. And then I start adding the wrapper. You know, usually I'm not doing head construction. No, Abuelos, you know, of course. And yeah, I'm just, you know, it's, it's the really fun part of, yeah. of my job. You know, you know, this is business for us a lot of times and, you know, smoking becomes more of I'm testing for quality, but, you know, being able to sit and be by myself and really just be with amazing tobaccos and start the blending process is is something I, I very passionate about, yeah. and I, I don't let many people into the the world because I I've definitely developed techniques, Eric, over the years that I've noticed for myself in the blending process with tobaccos that tend to work for me. So different styles of how tobaccos are combined together different areas it doesn't ring true always but there's definitely different techniques that I, i've developed over the years that i find uh really work when wow. it comes to blend that's interesting so now would you say that you worked harder on this blend or like how, you know how does that go because uh i mean listen all of your cigars we, we smoke a lot of your cigars here and we're, yeah. we're big fans of it. It always scores high. Uh, so we're fans, but this cigar was at another level. You know, so what do you attribute that to? Is it hard work? Is it uh, you know, extra time that you put into it? Or is it that, that tobacco? And if it is that tobacco, then how can you replicate that next year or next batch? Or? It's, it's hard work. It's passion. It's love for the leaf. I think on this project, because this is our first core line release really since I want to say 2019 um, or 2018, I want to say we came out with Tabernacle Havana Seed, the 142. So this was, this was a new core release for the first time in a while. I mean, we've done some line extensions or say wrapper extensions, high clear. Yep. We had the high clear, the blue, the Edwardian, then we came out with the Victorian, but this was, this wasn't a line extension or a wrapper extension. This was a new core line. So I knew I wanted to, I, I wanted to be something that was very impressive for the market. And I knew it had to be something special. You know how competitive this market is you know how much how how much expectation is built up on new. Sometimes it's tough because there's so much expectation that's built up on new products. You know, people you end up generating this buzz, which is great, but at the same time, the mental state starts getting you know uh, into these regions of expectations that sometimes are are difficult to meet. 
So I just knew how much expectation is always built up in that this cigar had to really stand on its own and really make an impact. And when people smoked it, they'd have to like, you know, wow, I, you know, I want to smoke this. And I know when, when I'm on the right track, because I have to feel that way. I have to smoke that cigar and I have to be burning my fingers. And then I have to be wanting to light another one up. I want to be dreaming about that cigar. I want to be, you know, all about it. Um, and I have to feel that way in order for it to make, make it in the box. And yeah, I hope that kind of answers your question. Yeah. But, but there's always, you know, you're tasting the the cigar down there fresh off, you know, off your table. Uh, and then how do you, we know how much cigars change from, from the table, you know, till they get into the box, till they get into the retailer. So how do you mitigate that? So, you know, again, through experience, I've been able to really understand tobaccos more and their evolution through the aging process. But at the same time, you never do know until they're finally aged out. So I do have to be able to tweak them and get them to a place within the first day where I'm, I'm kind of the first day you're really getting a sense of what that blend is going to be. The difference, in my opinion, a lot of times is when you're usually putting that wrapper on, for example, the San Andreas is a dark, for the Maduro especially, is a darker, heavier leaf. You have to work with it very moist when you're rolling it, right? The filler tobaccos are very dry. Yeah. They're in an 8 to 10% moisture content. The wrappers, you know, up above 20 25%. It's it, it's sometimes sopping wet. So once you apply that wrapper, all of that filler tobacco is absorbing all of the moisture. Uh, yeah. All that filler takes that moisture from the wrapper. And that moisture tends to, in my opinion, some people have different opinions, as you know, Eric, on these, yeah. these subject matters. For me, it, it sometimes mutes a lot of the, the strength of the, of the blend. Because there's so much moisture. So what you're, you're tasting is more of this humidity. And it's kind of muting a lot of the strength of it. So you really, it, it's more difficult sometimes with those Maduros, in my opinion, until you do have them 30, 45 days aged out and that moisture comes out of them. So that is part of my process is, is in order to know I'm, hundred percent on one hundred and ten percent on the right track is then giving these cigars age and then smoking them. You know, I usually do it in that forty five day mark. So where I'm smoking them, but I have a really good feel of what where I'm at on that blending day. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah you know so, you're on the path, but correct. So then it's not really not into those aging you know you're at that aging time that moisture is is more removed that you really have a great sense and as i made a few adjustments to the blend and then i'm at that 45 days and then i do take them to the states and smoke them because we have something that is known down here is i, I don't know where this name came the honduran effect that's where the cigars when you smoke them down here and then you take them to the states completely different 
and again, it, it, it depends on where you're smoking them in the States. I mean, yes. and the moisture content of your, if you're smoking them in Colorado at 15% moisture content. It's very different than being here in Miami. Very different. This cigar, Eric, when we released it in Vegas at the trade show, you're at 10% moisture content in Vegas. Yeah. When you're smoking, especially a blend that has heavier leaf, Visos, Ligeros, if those, if you're smoking those cigars and that tobacco is on the drier side, it completely changes the blend, the dynamics of the blend. It's going to okay. smoke hotter. It's going to smoke more aggressive. It's dried leaves. If they're drier, they're going to burn hotter. Yeah. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. So you definitely have to take that into account. And here, you know, in Nicaragua, even in the dry season, you're in the 60% uh, humidity level. I mean, yeah. even if it's dry. Whereas, so I always do take them, you know, back to the offices in Connecticut, you know, and smoke them and, and make sure. And, you know, that's, that's when I knew I had something special is when I took it back, you know, I'm in my office on the Connecticut side, they've had the proper aging time. And then, you know, you just, you just hope the market receives it as much as you love it, you know? Man, it, it's uh, it, you know, it's funny the the cigar from from the second we we tasted it, we we're like, well, there's your candidate. Like that's that's gonna be a candidate. Up there. Yeah, yeah. We we, and we I, knew, but but still, it has yeah. to kind of run a gauntlet. Right, and it's it got to run a gauntlet, man. And it's and then it's got to have the other elements, right? Is it, it's got to have the packaging side. It's got to have the branding side. It had, you know, I, well, I that's think for you, right? For us, yeah, it doesn't have to have any of that. But for you, it does, right? right. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. so then, but I think so that, that's let, yeah, that's a good segue. Let's get to that. So when, uh, so when you you've got the blend, and now you want to give it a a story or a packaging or a branding that that is fitting of this blend that you've created. At what point did you already know this is going to be Ome? So it started happening simultaneously. So and really after I I knew that San Andreas was going to be the way to go, uh, where I wanted to go as far as the wrapper leaf, I knew I wanted to start building a, a story based around this amazing tobacco that uh, many people will get upset with me. Uh, the San Andreas Negro seed predates from what I've researched, the Habanesis Cuban seed mm-hmm. and is one of the oldest seed varieties in the world. You know, I, I'm always looking for things, as you see in the rest of my brands, is really paying homage to, you know, uh, a culture or whether it be something I'm really passionate about. But I always try to tie it into, of course, tobacco history and yes. and the history of cigars. So. I kind of started working at it simultaneously, right? After I had, as I'm blending, the idea for, oh, wait a second, Olmec. Wait a second, where the Olmecs are from? Oh, Olmecs are from San Andreas, Tuxtel, San Lorenzo? Oh, wait a second. The Olmecs were the first to use tobacco that we know. They predate the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Incas. I, you know, so that, journey started and I, I just got deeper and deeper into the research of of the Olmec culture and 
of course, you begin trademarking in this industry is absolutely insane. So yeah. you have to start that process because uh, the last thing you, you want to do is 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 start a project and you know that somebody else is using, God forbid, or you know something you don't know about. So then that that process started. Um, and then my my art director here in, in Nicaragua, his name is Alex Garcia. He's been a good friend of mine for the past 20 years. And we have very similar interests in, in history and culture. And I, I brought the idea to him. And, you know, the colossal heads of the Olmec are just something that are uh, mysterious. Yeah, people don't realize, some people don't realize, you know, what, that image on the band really is. And I mean, these, these colossal heads began to be discovered in the, in the late thirties, forties, where they just started uncovering these gigantic heads. And they didn't know what the hell they were. They didn't know what the hell they were. They, they knew the, of the Mayan cultures. We knew of, of, you know, Incas and Aztecs in central and South, uh, South America, but these were not, any of those mm-hmm. and they discovered this whole other culture which is really mysterious and not much is known what we do know of them is that they were the first pyramid builders which is is pretty incredible they have pyramids in san lorenzo that are not even completely ex- excavated yet um they are the first calendar makers so all of the Mayan calendars are actually all based off of the Olmec calendars. I mean, there's a very famous, you know, the Mayan calendars yeah, are pretty pretty well known. Yeah, the but end they, of days situation. Yeah, 2012 was the well, yeah. uh, was the end of day. That is all based on Olmec astronomy and, and mathematics, and then their use of tobacco is, you know, predates that of of Mayans and. We don't know really how far back tobacco use goes. I would say, uh, you know, it, it's generally accepted that it goes back to about 3000 BC, but there is, these things are debatable. Yeah. Definitely in, in ac- academics. Um, so, I mean, many, many argue that the Olmec culture is, could possibly go back to the end of the last ice age. But that's a very controversial. Oh uh, yeah! If you were in, if you were in academia, you would be banned right Outcast. now. Like, like your yeah. our our Zoom call would just drop, and we yeah. wouldn't. Uh, but let me ask you something about this. So the colossal head that is that is on the band, yes, has a cigar in his mouth. Yes. Uh, so that that part you obviously added that on, is. right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah that that the, is. There is no image. Of, there is no colossal head with the cigar. No. Out. No, but that image of a cigar was found on different sites in the area. The same and type of image here? That image right there, as far as I know, is the oldest image of a cigar that we know of. From my research, could it change? I think it could change. As far as what I've researched, that image is really what you're seeing, too, is smoke coming out of the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the cigar, which looks like they potentially used maize yeah, which corn, was, husk. Yep. corn husk was used to smoke tobacco and then it was tied um possibly 
So as far as I know, that is the oldest image of a cigar. So I, I, I thought that was a good combination and to give it our own, you know, unique foundation touch. And then if when you see the box, the, the piece of cedar, I put that that image of the cigar um, there on yeah. the cedar when you open the box. You know, it was so cool. Uh, you know, I didn't really realize that, you know, this was the oldest image of cigar as I'm doing all this research. You know, I, again, perfect. I mean, this it's is crazy because it coincides with, you know, this whole like that Netflix special Ancient Apocalypse and Joe Rogan talking to Graham Hancock about that stuff. And so there's all of this talk. And at, and then right in the middle of that, you release this, yeah. uh, which is very interesting and very fortuitous for you that that worked out that way. I, I also love that, although we're, we're uh, you are let's say paying homage to a Mexican culture or a central art, the colors on it are not of a particular color. This was pre Mexico, right? So, so to put Mexican colors on it would have been, you know, kind of, kind of silly. Uh, And so I thought the color scheme that you, that you guys used on that is, is perfect. You know, you know, we want, and if you see around the band, Eric, there's, there's a, uh, a frame across the top. Yeah. And then there's two marks that that's actually from an old uh, Olmec temple. Um, the actual border along the top of that band. So we're talking yeah, that right. those those lines right there. Yeah. On the top and the bottom, those come from the border of a of an Olmec temple. So those are actually that's awesome. um, taken right from a from a temple. But I, I mean, the colors definitely i you know wanted to do something a little bit different i mean gold foil on bands i just always love um you know that that color orange i wasn't sure you know how people would would respond but when i you know saw it on the product and on the claro and on the oscuro and then the full package in the box it was you know it looks, it looks spectacular man it's really well done um and kudos to you guys. I mean, you you hit it obviously with the blend uh, and the packaging to fit with it. Uh, I think that the only like issue that that uh, that I see is when when the wrappers get really close to each other in color. That I yeah. I don't know if the store ran out of Maduro and is is like picking the darkest clouds and putting them in the Maduro box. That's yeah. my only concern as a as a consumer. Let's say. Yeah, that is uh that is a concern. There there have been, you know, when it comes down, you know, to the packaging side of things too here, color sorting is all on the eye of the beholder. They say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So uh, sometimes that line, um, that's actually one of the things I'm I'm going over while I'm down here so we can get more of a defined line to where that that line is to make sure that there is no you know, issues between that. Yeah. I mean, it's, maybe it's more maybe it's worth talking about it. Maybe it's worth you explaining how the color sorting process happens so that yeah. you can kind of get why it is yeah. so difficult. Yeah. I mean, because of, again, there's that, there's that line there between the upper and lower primings where you're getting more into the middle viso areas of the plant. And that's where, you know, classifications can can kind of go either way, right? So it can kind of go up or it can go down or is it a Claro? Is it a, there, there's, there actually should be, and now I understand more why some of these older brands, I don't know if you remember the old brands of say, 
Poye de Monterey, of Punch. They had Claro, Colorado Claro, yeah, Colorado, Colorado Maduro, Maduro, and yeah. Extra Oscuro. Yeah. So that I we used to sell, you know, in the store back in the 90s, everything was classified that way. Yeah. That's really difficult when it comes down to, you know, the packaging, the, you know, so we just keep it Colorado. Uh, I'm sorry, Claro and Maduro. So in that you're you're getting some kind of crossover. The difference. So the Claro and the Maduro, when when this tobacco is cured in the curing barns, right? So it comes off the fields and it's going into the Casa de Curación in mexico a lot of farmers in mexico are using a hard wood in the barns to help regulate moisture content yep some places in connecticut they still use charcoal yep. a lot of people are using propane yep. which is a bit much more efficient but in mexico easier to control correct in yep. mexico it's it's more rustic and a lot of these hardwoods are used. Used So in that process, you're getting the tobacco, when you get it out of the curing barn and we receive it and it's starting to go into sorting and selection and then into fermentation, it has a very smoky, woody yeah. characteristic to it. I mean, it, it's, it's got that really smoky, smoky and woody. That's what yeah. it, it, it smells with. It smells like Make tobacco. So, Pre-smoked. Correct. So when you're going to fermentation, the upper primings, the visos, the ligeros, they're thicker, of course. So they go longer in fermentation because they have much thicker cellular walls. They take a lot more time. They end up losing a lot more of that smoky characteristic because it goes through fermentation and it gets, in my opinion, more sweeter. Right, that Maduro, it's ripening more. It's going yeah. to fermentation. That, whereas the Claro are coming again more from the lower primings. They're they're it's thinner. It's not going through as long as fermentation compared to the upper primings. So it ends up maintaining, in my opinion, more of that smoky characteristic from the wood in the curing barns. So I I really feel it kind of takes on some of those flavor profiles. Um, and, and really kind of distinguishes it between, you know, the Maduro, the Maduro side of things. So that makes sense. yeah, of course it does. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So there is that difference, but then also is the blend, the exact same blend from the Claro to the Maduro? So is the Claro is a different wrapper or is it a... They are similar tobaccos. The Claro is toned down just a little bit as far as strength with um, a certain, certain with the Viso and Ligero. It's kicked down a notch, right? Because again, when I'm in the blending process, the Maduros, again, in my opinion, from tasting these, the blends, the thicker, heavier leaf ends up buffering out the strength of some of the filler leaves, right? Okay. Yeah. As compared with the lower priming and the Claro, it can be more aggressive. So I ended up toning down the Claro um, a bit. So it wasn't overly aggressive. 
because it's it's a stronger blend. I mean, it, it's predominantly Vizos and Lijeros, right? Yeah. I, the, the, the key is, is the balance of the blend. Yeah, and that's hit, it doesn't hit you like a strong cigar when you're smoking it. It hits you later, which is beautiful. There you go. And then and people get you got to be careful sometimes because some guys are, oh no, it's not that strong. Not that strong, yeah. You end, up, you end up feeling it with time because it it is using a lot of really you know heavy higher priming tobaccos. Um, so you got to be careful, you know, that the, I, I wanted to be careful that it wasn't overly aggressive on the Claro side. So it's just, it's toned down a bit to accommodate for more for the Claro. Man, that's that it's a, both are beautiful blends. I mean, we happen to rate, you know, people were asking us when, when the news came out, like, oh my God, how can you do the Maduro when the Claro is so good? And you're like, well, we happen to rate the Maduro. We didn't rate the Claro. And so- I, I don't know if, if the Claro would have won if it would have been rated instead of the Maduro. But what we rated was a Maduro, and it was outrageous. But, yeah, I'm smoking a Claro, and it's absolutely delicious as well. But it's different, right? It's it is different. different. And it, it, it's, it's unique. That caramel, it's like, the Maduro has, like, a yes. it's crazy because you don't expect a caramel sweetness in, yeah. in a Maduro. And yeah. that's, for, like, for my, for my particular palate, everybody tastes different. Yeah. But sure. for my particular palate, what sets it apart is that that uncommon sweet. Because obviously Maduros tend to have a bit more sweetness, but this one yeah. has a sweetness that is different. It's like that. It's like I say, almost caramelly. Caramel in the sweetness, yeah. and but yet you still have that power and that that earthiness and the pepper. You have all of that in the background, but then there's this little crazy sweet creamy note. And you're like, right. That's but it, what set that cigar apart for me. And it doesn't jade the palate. That's the key. No, it doesn't, it, look, yeah. Listen, you guys, you hit it out of the park with this blend. My my hope uh, for you and for us uh, as, as, as people who smoke them is that you're able to replicate that year in, year yeah. out, because it's such a fantastic blend. Yeah, well, that's, that's, my, my, that's always my, my, as long as I'm around... We we keep it we keep it as consistent as po- as humanly possible. Luckily, we do have you know great tobacco inventories. You know we we have great inventory of of wrapper. Um, the the issue has been definitely the demand has 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 outweighed expectations and and just our first you know three months of shipping the product. Yeah, um, I mean it's just been it's just been crazy. Hell of a problem to have though. It's a hell of a problem, and then getting you know number one from from cigar snob is just now taking it to the moon. Yeah, man, so. that's good stuff. So, so then uh, you know, let's let's wrap up here. I've taken already a lot of your time. I know you're busy, so I always enjoy talking to you. I forgot my name on here is Nicodemus. Nicodemus, yes, I saw that. <laughs> uh, I that's, expected that's, to see Nicaragua, but no, Nicodemus. I forgot I had it. That's my that's my Rastafarian name. Yes, that's for you, the yes. other side of your life. Yeah. Yes. But uh, so then, so the plan is to have a cigar of the year party, right? Yes. yes. So the idea would be to have a cigar of the year party. We pin down April twenty second tentatively, tentatively. We can, but we'll we'll make announcements once we finalize those plans, uh, where we'll get we'll get to just have fun together and celebrate that moment and have a toast and and uh, we have a few hundred fans with us there 
I can't wait. Don't yeah, serve me too many, time. too many rums and cokes. Yeah. So. Hey, there can never be too many rums. So, all right, my no, brother. I, hey. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I think back back to 2012 uh, when you wrote the article, uh, a Connecticut Yankee and Esther Lee. Yeah, our our other Nick. Yeah, uh, Jimenez wrote that. That was a great story, man. We love that one with the yeah. illustrations. You know, yeah, maybe maybe be... we'll maybe we'll post that on the site, like repost it so that it pops up on people's feeds again because that was such a fun piece. That would be awesome. I have that 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 issue is is in my office. It sits right next to my desk, and that was really the first article I think anybody had wrote about me in in the cigar industry. So I'll never forget that. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, it's it's fun to come full circle, right? It's uh yeah, you know that that cigar is ten years after that story was written. Ten years, man. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy. I can't wait, man. I can't wait for April. We'll have a good time together and uh and, and properly celebrate this uh this achievement. Sounds good. Thank you very much. And thanks to your team. You got an amazing team and an amazing, amazing magazine. And uh I I feel honored. I appreciate it, brother. Well, have a great day and uh let's let's see. I'll see you soon. All right. If you're like me and look forward to cozying up to a warm fireplace after a long day on the range, kicking off your boots and settling into a nice big bowl of chili con queso, then you'd love the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. This Dominican-made Nicaraguan puro is a bold new blend with tons of flavor made with the same craftsmanship that has made La Aurora cigars one of the oldest and premium cigar makers in all the world. Started in the Dominican Republic in 1903, La Aurora Cigars was founded by the young Eduardo Leon Jimenez, who set out to fulfill his dream of making great cigars. Today, over a century later, La Aurora has a presence in five continents and more than a thousand employees. The original La Aurora 107 was released in 2010, commemorating the company's 107 years in business. Now the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua brings a bolder new profile to smokers who have become accustomed to smoking the consistent quality and excellence of La Aurora cigars. The 107 Nicaragua comes to life with a diverse array of spicy notes accompanied by a subtle touch of leather. A rich balance of earth, wood, and floral notes flourishes deeper into the smoke with a characteristic pinch of licorice and walnut on the finish. Made in four sizes, a 7x47 Churchill, 6x58 Grand Toro, 5.5x54 Toro, and a 5x50 Robusto, the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua is a perfect complement to any rum cocktail, steak dinner, or even my famous chili con queso. Go on out and get yourself one, and tell them Jasper sent you. You know, I always tell them Jasper sent me everywhere I go. I'm at the store, I'm at the club, yeah. I'm at the, you know, Jasper sent me, oh, please, oh. Ad- adelante. <laughs> Love you, Jasper. Yeah, he said, he, said yeah. I was, he said I was number one. You see that? <laughs> All right. All right. You sure that wasn't his middle finger? <laughs> nah, you know, I, I don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. So, fellas, uh, first of all, thanks to Nick from Foundation Cigars, and congratulations to him, and congratulations to everybody, right? The everybody on the list. A lot of deserving winners there. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of great smokes on that list. Again, I mean, we spent a tremendous amount of time smoking through that thing uh, to get to that. Man, you know, it's it gets really tough to pick the the last, 
you know, to pick the top of the list there, it gets extremely difficult because the cigars are all so damn good. And what I love about it is you can tell it's a labor of love. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you get to sit here, smoke some great cigars and, 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 you know, make some people's days and reward people for doing a great job. Yep. So cigar snob bag, uh, cigar snob.com, cigar snob.com right on the landing, right on the homepage. There, there's the, uh, the links yep. for all, for all the top 25 cigars. So please, we encourage you to go there. All right. So as we're wrapping this up, Ivan, how is your smoky treat? I'm feeling opulent, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this you is, got you got Davidoff. I got, got a Rocky, Davidoff back press. We're having yeah. the we're having the rum. This is like heavy as, hitters as here. Good heavy as hitters. It gets, as good as it gets right now. Yep. I'm I'm sure you guys are feeling the same. Yeah, this 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 Rocky Patel ALR second edition is is amazing. And and to me, this cigar is so good. And it was twelve. It was twelve. I mean, it just shows you the the great list and what's and what's i mean i can't wait to go through the list i can't wait 25 up so i'm gonna bunker in you know there, there's some there's some really you know there's some surprises there too right like, uh number five my father lanti with that mm. that cigar took us totally by surprise i think what's what's impressive about that because I, I don't know if you mentioned it or not but some weighting goes into the release of the cigar the newer the release the higher the weighting gets however i feel that I don't think that played a bigger role in this year's list, Agreed. even though the Olmec is a new release. Correct. I, I don't. Agree. I, I don't know if if the newness of it played a big part in in uh, in the results. And that Antigua is a perfect example because that cigar was released. I don't know. Yeah, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it climbed years. all the way up to where it's at. Number four. Number yeah. five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. I'm a big La Promesa guy from from, from my father, and and anything with that is is I was actually at a lounge the other day, and I recommended somebody to have it, and they were like, "Oh my god, it was so good!" By the way, in that size, the one that we uh, that we gave the number five to, that Corona Grande, man, what a perfect size! It's like it's a little bit bigger than a regular Corona, right? As the name implies, Corona Grande, big Corona, uh, but it's six and three eighths by forty seven, and it. It's perfect. It's got a nice ratio of wrapper to filler, uh, but it's also six and three eight, so it's a little bit bigger than a Toro, and forty seven, so it's thinner than a Toro. So I, I love that that combination. For me, that was that was one of my surprise uh, one of my surprises there in that top five, and then also the Padron uh, nineteen twenty six natural. Uh, everybody says Padron a surprise, not really, right? <laughs> and it's true. Padrones are not a surprise at the top of the list. However, in the natural. They are for us. Like we normally, we gravitate towards the Maduro line of Padron, and that guy was. And I, I think if you spoke to most like retail shop owners and you ask them what, you know, what are their top selling cigars, it's usually from what I've heard, it's uh, Padron and in the Maduro, the Anniversario in the Maduro. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, so that one was a surprise for us. Um, yeah, it, the whole the whole list is fantastic, and and like Ivan said and Jimmy, we do want to congratulate uh, all twenty five of the of the companies that produce those cigars and and all of the people that are that are associated with that throughout the year. So cheers to you guys, cheers fellas to another Salud. great year of the Cigar Snob Podcast. Jimmy is out of rum. <laughs> well, I have, I, have a, I have a little rum. I have a little rum. I just go and Zafra. Cheers to you. <laughs> cheers to my buddy Gardner at Zafra. Thank you, brother. Amazing. All right. All right. So listen, uh, again, 
we're here for you. Uh, you know, you want to leave us a, a great review. Uh, there's often the Facebook page as well for, for the mail time. It's always it's always fun seeing you and Yami do your thing there. We're about to go record a new one right now. Listen, uh, so please hang out with us for Ivan, for Eric, for our executive producer, Ned G over here, for Yami and everybody with the Cigar Snob Magazine podcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a great year, y'all. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast. Until next time, hasta luego.